All right, welcome. This is a Independence Gang quick take. I just wanted to take a minute here and go over a couple things. Forgive the, the noises. Apparently where I have this mic set isn't the best place for it. But I wanted to go over a couple of things as it relates to the filibuster tonight. Because um, there's been some interesting comments coming out of the Senate, particularly Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham, that I am wholly embracing and feel much more confident today than I have in past days about the likelihood the filibuster survives. Mitch McConnell speaking on, let me just say this about Mitch McConnell. I don't always respect Mitch McConnell. I have championed him at times and I've cursed him at times. However, his speech on the floor of the Senate two days ago about the filibuster is very, very poignant. And I wanna go over a couple of clips from that speech. And then I also wanna talk about Lindy Graham, but here, or Lindsey Graham, but here is uh, Mitch McConnell on the floor of the Senate two days ago. Some Democratic senators seem to imagine this would be a tidy trade-off. If they could just break the rules on a razor-thin majority, sure, it might damage the institution, but then nothing would stand between them and their entire agenda. But Mr. President, anyone who really knows the Senate knows that's, that's not what would happen. So let me say this very clearly. Nobody serving in this chamber can even begin to imagine what a completely scorched earth Senate would look like. Now, Mitch McConnell can be a bit of a sleepy speaker. He has long pauses between his sentences, and we edited those down here so that you could get to the points a little more quickly. But he's absolutely right. If the Democrats decide to go ahead and use the nuclear option and blow apart the Senate by changing the rules just to pass a radical agenda that a majority of Americans do not support, then... The Republicans have every right to use every rule at their disposal at their disposal to slow that process down. McConnell goes on to talk about how this might possibly work. This is an institution that requires unanimous consent to turn the lights on before noon, to proceed with a garden variety floor speech, to dispense with the reading of lengthy legislative text, to schedule committee business, to move even non-controversial nominees at anything besides a snail's face. So, Mr. President, I want our colleagues to imagine a world where every single task, every one of them, requires a physical quorum, which, by the way, the vice president does not count in determining a quorum. Now, Mitch makes an excellent point there as well. With a 50-50 Senate, a completely divided down-the-middle Senate, and you tend to forget that because... The Democrats act as though they have this massive majority and should be able to do anything they want. They don't. It's an evenly divided Senate with a vice president that actually casts a deciding vote in the event of a tie. And obviously, on controversial legislation, there will be a lot of ties. That's just the nature of it. So with this evenly divided Senate, should the Democrats go nuclear and eliminate the filibuster, which effectively gives the minority party or the party that doesn't have the power in the Senate the ability to affect this legislation, then they have the right to use these rules. And one of those rules is a quorum. If they can't get 51 senators on the floor of the Senate, they can't do any business. They can't conduct any business whatsoever. So if the Republicans decide that they will not show up so that there won't be a quorum, then nothing will get done. Is that the Senate that we want to have working for us in the U.S. Congress? No, of course not. So the, the Democrats need to wake up here, get 
their arrogance out of the way and recognize that just because they have the votes doesn't mean their agenda is something all of the American people are okay with. So this is not a trade-off between trampling etiquette, but then getting to quickly transform the country. That's a false choice. Even the most basic aspects of our colleagues' agenda, the most mundane task of the Biden presidency would actually be harder, not easier, for Democrats in a post-nuclear Senate that is 50-50, dead even. And again, McConnell makes the point there that the Senate is 50-50, dead even. For now, in two years, that may change. Hopefully it changes in a way that is beneficial to those of us who are on the conservative side of this equation. But McConnell goes on to talk about what that Senate might look like if this Senate was in fact uh, a nuclear wasteland where the Democrats eliminate the filibuster and the Republicans have to do what they need to do to stop this radical legislation, which I fully support, by the way. If the Democrats break the rules to kill Rule 22 on a 50-50 basis, then we will use every other rule to make tens of millions of Americans' voices heard. This chaos would not open up an express lane to liberal change. The Senate would be more like a hundred-car pileup. Nothing moving. Now, in mainstream media accounts of all of this, uh, they paint McConnell as saying something very, very different. They talk, they, they make it sound as though McConnell is threatening to scorch the earth of the Senate, you know, create a, a slash and burn policy where he'll just destroy everything. That's not what he's saying. That's not what he's saying at all. In fact, it's the Democrats, by eliminating the rules, by changing the rules just to get what they want, that is the threat here. And McConnell says that it'll slow things down to an absolute crawl. Nothing will get done. It'll be like a hundred car pileup. Now, he also points out that this has been done in, re in, the recent, in recent history. The Democrats removed the filibuster when Harry Reid was the leader of the Senate. They removed the filibuster for judicial nominations. That came back to bite them in the ass. The last time a Democratic leader was trying to start a nuclear exchange, I remember offering a warning. I said my colleagues would regret it a lot sooner than they thought. And just a few years and a few Supreme Court vacancies later, many of our Democratic colleagues said publicly that they did. And they did, and that's the, that's the problem here. Their memories are so damn short. Democrats are so hungry for power that instead of thinking through this deliberatively and maybe trying to make a case to persuade in this case, 10, 10 Republican senators to support some of this legislation so there is no filibuster. Instead of going that route, which is the intended route, that's what the founders wanted, instead of doing that, they just want to nuke the rules so they can have their way. Now, what happens when the pendulum swings? As soon as Republicans wound up back in the saddle, we wouldn't just erase every liberal change that hurt the country. We'd strengthen America with all kinds of conservative policies with zero zero input from the other side. And why wouldn't they? If the Democrats are going to go ahead and make rule changes so that there's no input from the Republican senators, why wouldn't the Republicans do the exact same thing? I'm not a proponent of that. I believe that any legislation worth passing should be able to get some support from the minority party. In some cases, it doesn't require 10 because it's not an evenly split Senate. Sometimes you know, you've got fewer that you have to convince, but either way, you still have to convince some. Or in the case of the early Obama administration, they did have a 60 vote majority, not a 60 vote majority, a 10 vote majority. They had 60 votes in the Senate. But in that case, they still couldn't get a lot done. But McConnell says, hey, listen, 
You want to do this? Then be prepared for what happens when we get back in power. Concealed carry reciprocity in all 50 states in the District of Columbia. Massive hardening of security on our southern border. He talks about a lot of different issues in that list, and uh, we only had a couple of them there. But these are all things that liberals would consider radical. I don't happen to think they are, but that's from my political perspective. But I respect the fact that there are people that disagree, and they should have a say in crafting legislation or passing legislation that fundamentally or radically changes things, which much of the liberal and Democrat legislation being presented right now does, particularly H.R. 1. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about H.R. 1 in the coming days because it is a disaster. It is, it is it's nothing short of a coup. So um, another thing McConnell points out here is that he was asked to do this by Donald Trump, but he maintained his integrity. My colleagues and I have refused to kill the Senate for instant gratification. In 2017 and 2018, I was lobbied to do exactly what Democrats want to do now. A sitting president leaned on me to do it. He tweeted about it. What did I do, Mr. President? I said to the president at that time, no. I said no repeatedly. Because becoming a U.S. Senator comes with higher duties than steamrolling any obstacle to short-term power. I want to just point, clear, clarify something here. Uh, McConnell uh, keeps saying, Mr. President, um, in that clip, he said it twice. Once he was referring to the president of the Senate. That's the person presiding over the Senate proceedings of the, at the time. And of course, when he was referring to Mr. President, he was talking about Donald Trump there. But when McConnell in general is talking uh, to Mr. President, he's talking to the president of the Senate. So three cheers for Mitch McConnell for giving that speech on the floor of the Senate to make sure that the line was drawn in the sand. But then I was equally encouraged. Last night, Lindsey Graham appeared on Sean Hannity's program and uh, had some pretty interesting things to say, which basically underscored many of the things that Mitch McConnell said. Well, it would be. It would be transformational to the country in a, in a really bad way. It would destroy the Senate as we know it. Anything big like this, you should be able to get a few votes from the other side, right? If you want to federalize the elections and do away with redistricting by the states and turn it over to some commission that will fundamentally change how you vote, if you want to go to ballot harvesting nationally and take authority away from the states, shouldn't that be at least somewhat bipartisan? So I'm confident I talked to Joe Manchin today that he's not going to vote to abolish the filibuster. But let me say this, if they pick up one more seat in 2022, if they get 51 or 52 Democratic senators, they're going to abolish the filibuster and transform America. I talked to President Trump a lot today. He's focused like a laser on making sure Republicans regain the Senate and the House to stop the most radical agenda in American history. To the audience out there, if you're right. worried about everything Sean talks about coming true, make sure you vote Republican in 2022. Senator Lindsey Graham from South Carolina, of course, uh, is another senator that I don't know. Sometimes he's maligned. I've heard Sean Hannity uh, criticize him. I've heard um, Tucker Carlson criticize him. I haven't seen anything that upsets me about Lindsey Graham. When I hear him speak like then, I feel like he's on the right side and he's, he's resolute in his positions. Um, but he brings up three very important issues there. One, he talks about, again, how it would fundamentally transform the way the Senate operated and how the Republicans respond to that if the Democrats eliminate the filibuster. But he's also talking about H.R. 1 there. 
He's talking about this, and they're going to call it the Voting Rights Act, but it is nothing of the sort. It is actually the Voting Fraud Act. That's what this legislation would do. And Republicans recognize this. Republicans are genuine enough to talk the truth about this particular issue. And even without the filibuster, they would do everything they can to stop it. And he also mentions that we have to look beyond just this immediate issue with the filibuster. We've got an election in a year and a half in which if the Democrats pick up one more Senate seat, then there's no stopping any of this. There's nothing we can do. So that is ultimately the biggest battle we have to fight. Graham went on to uh, talk a little bit more about this issue. 50-50 Senate, you can't do anything without unanimous consent that matters. And to have a quorum, you got to have 51 people present and the vice president doesn't count. So if they did this, we could really shut down the entire Senate because we just won't show up. And here's what Biden needs to understand. If you go to the talking filibuster, we will take the floor to stop H.R. 1. I would talk till I fell over to make sure that we don't go to ballot harvesting and voting by mail without voter ID. I would talk till I fell over to make sure that the Equality Act doesn't become law, destroying the difference between a man and woman in our law. Now, I really, really, really respect Lindsey Graham for saying those things. In other words, what he is saying here is if, you know, there's this gray area Let's, maybe they're not going to eliminate the filibuster, but they're going to make it a true filibuster. In other words, senators, the, the whole idea of the filibuster is that debate continues. And what they've been able to do recently is that instead of actually debating, they just say, okay, well, we're not going to get enough votes to end debate. Therefore, effectively debate continues and the legislation won't go anywhere. Um, but what they're talking about possibly doing, and Joe Manchin has said this, and Joe Biden said it over the weekend, is enacting a true filibuster. So changing the rules so that instead of just being a filibuster uh, in symbolism, they actually have to stand there and talk. And if they don't keep talking, then debate is over. So Lindsey Graham is saying there, I will stand there until I fall over and fight things like H.R. 1 and the uh, uh, whatever the Equality Act is, another farce coming from the Democrats. Uh, I respect that. I respect that a lot. But I'm here to tell you that if we do not pick up one more seat in 2022 or at least regain the House, if they had 52 Democrats, they would deal Joe Manchin out and they would change the rules of the Senate. You know, when we're in charge, they write me letters wanting me to say I won't change the filibuster to protect the Senate. Now they're in charge or willing to throw everything over. And at the end of the day, 2022 is the, the best hope for us to stop this crazy stuff. Amen, Lindsey Graham, and three cheers for you, three cheers for Mitch McConnell. I hope other senators, even, even uh, uh, Mitt Romney had some interesting things to say about this, the filibuster, saying that over the last four years, I do not remember the Democrats complaining about the process. But if they did and they wanted to make changes then, I'm willing to examine those changes. But clearly the Democrats didn't. It was in their interest. The, the Democrats are such disingenuous people. And I don't mean Democrats who vote. I don't mean citizens who are Democrats. I think most Democrats who are just citizens who just vote their conscience, I think that they're genuinely good people who want the best for the country. But these Democrat politicians are arrogant. They are disingenuous. They're liars. They will do anything for power. And they'll do anything to for advance their agenda, regardless of who it hurts. And that's not American. And um, 
that is not something that we want to see happen. So we're going to keep on top of this particular issue. This is a quick take uh, for the Independence Gang. I'm here solo, um, but we're going to do this occasionally too when there's some great things to talk about. And I think those two uh, senators and the things they had to say were great things. Thanks for being here. Remember, our regular program is Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. And we invite you to subscribe and to comment below. Thanks so much for being here. It's been a great 15 minutes or so, and I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you.